It was a show. Yeah. Sure was. So was Murphy Brown. <laughs> I've known you for 30 years, and I just find this out about you. Like, she wound up, and it looked like she punched him right in his a-hole. There's dudeness all over the place. <laughs> he is the man that stunk called Steve Austin. Ready to kiss the man who eats Stone Cold Steve Austin's ass. <laughs> What's the deal with the chair? <laughs> Fuck you, it's, it's, it's presents the year of Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And he's Kevin Rogue. Woo! All right, today as we trek through the year of 1997 into 1998, we're stopping right in the middle here for SummerSlam 1997. This sucker took place on August 3rd, live from East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Continental Airlines Arena. Bet your ass. So, is the Continental are Continental Airlines still around? Do they still exist? Probably not. Okay, I didn't know. I thought about that, and I was like, "Man, we only fly Delta and this Continental Airlines. Maybe I'm missing something." I think the only time I've heard of Continental Airlines is the Continental Airlines this, Arena. This arena, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so this thing opens up. We got a band playing the Star Spangled Banner. So that's. That's something. Did they have a band? I thought it was just over the PA. I thought they just they just somebody hit play. Oh, you don't think it was a live band situation? No, no. I think they just they just pumped it. So there you go, everybody. Here's the anthem. You know what to do. Huh? Well, you would you would think for the biggest party of the summer, McMahon would have splurged a little bit for a band, but I think there was a lot of splurging going on in other areas. So I, I think this one they kind of. Kind of held back. You would a lot of the times though for SummerSlam they do have a performer. Uh, from my memory, I guess maybe I'm wrong, but this one no no performer. It was just it sounded like it was just right into the right into the old Continental Airlines arena. Maybe it was the Continental Airlines uh, live band. <laughs> 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 They're up in the they got their own you know the Continental Airlines orchestra. <laughs> All right. So we start off the pay-per-view. We got Pettengill narrating a package about a hypothetical world. Yeah. You know, what would it be like if Brett the Hitman Hart, the fallen hero, uh, wasn't a fallen hero? <laughs> right. Well, that's that's the, the video package is pretty pretty cool like pettengill's got a great voice for this type of stuff uh so i really i really enjoy like the video package itself but he's what was what was his line if heroes always remained heroes and i was like hey bret hart's still a hero there's there's no nobody took that title away from him and they said something about uh undertaker uh, enduring all the earthly hells i don't know if he'd really necessarily uh went through all the earthly hells quite yet so it was it was a captivating video package, but they did a really during this time especially. I think they did a really great job with those those video packages. Yeah, you know, he asked us what 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 would it be like if you know the heartbreak kid hadn't lost his smile. 
<laughs> I mean, he'd still be the champion. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, he would have probably lost the belt. That's probably why he lost his smile in the first place. So, right, I um, lost. I lost my smile. <laughs> still, still, some of the silliest. Like even looking back, it, I lost my smile. Seems like some of the silliest BS you could ever hear. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's it's not an acceptable excuse. No, no. I'm, like, I'm going to call the office and be like, hey, guys, I'm going to take about a month and a half, two months off here. i got to go find my smile. <laughs> you don't think that would slide at work? I don't, not at my office, man. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you give it a try tomorrow, see how it goes over? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can. I call up the boss be like, hey, man, I uh... <sighs> over the course of the last three years, I've had some great times. All my uh, all my little off officeites have have adored me. I've been doing great things here, but during this, I've I think I've lost my smile. So I'm gonna take some time off, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find my smile. That bullshit doesn't work. <laughs> it's just not gonna be a thing, man. It's not a real life excused absence. No, no. Like, hey, broke my ankle. Okay, gotcha. Hey. I have cancer. Like, those are real things, right? And I suppose you could lose your smile due to the broken leg or the cancer. But you can't lose your smile and gain a broken ankle, right? It's kind of the the chain of events, the causation situation. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm right, man. It's fine. All right. Well, we got an interesting stipulation for this main event where we got Bret the Hitman Hart challenging The Undertaker for the title with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. So, been led to believe if Shawn Michaels interferes on The Undertaker's behalf, he's, he's out of town. He's not competing in America again. And if Bret the Hitman Hart, if he leaves town without the title, he's not competing in America again. So, the, the stakes are... Takes it way up there. Yeah, yeah, th- those are pretty large stakes, I guess. I mean, I mean, it's a world, it's it's a global company, so there's other spots to go, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, there's nothing, you know, in the in the rule book that says you have to defend the title on U.S. soil. I think right. Would uh, would you be able to compete in Puerto Rico? I don't think so. Guam? Nope. Polynesian Islands? Depends which one. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we got JR. We got the King. We got Vince McMahon as the commentators. We got our steady team of guys here for 1997. Good team of guys. Yeah, they, they seem to work all right together. And it's kind of interesting, actually, uh, you know, the the other two guys, and by the other two guys, I mean JR and the King, they're talking about the stipulation for this this main event match. And McMahon keeps barging in there like he's not sure what the guys are going to do. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's my lead. I'm taking. I'm taking the lead. Like, and I mean, there, there's a ton of stipulations surrounding like pretty much every piece of the card. Like they have like the you know Austin's gonna kiss Owen's ass, and if anybody in the Hart Foundation loses, Anvil's gonna shave his goatee. Like, there's a lot of stipulations around this. This is like every match on the card. Ken Shamrock's gonna eat dog food. Like it's, it's just—it's all on the line, man. Right, right. It, it seems like a late WCW stipulation type card. <laughs> so we start this thing off with a steel cage match. Yeah, continuing this ferocious rivalry between Triple H. And mankind, I gotta say, before we get into this, this is the shortest cage I've ever seen. You think so? This this cage is about seven feet tall. It was eight feet tall. Was it eight feet tall? It, it was actually yeah, it was eight <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> Have you seen a shorter cage? It's so yeah. You it's, are you right. Almost, you could almost like jump over the cage. You know, if you had a it's, real real good you know high jump game. What are you What are you comparing it though? Too, because this is this is this is the classic. This is baby blue, right? I love this cage. If you're comparing it to like the chain link fence cage that came on later, like yeah, the chain link fence cage was taller and it looked taller because they put that uh, that me- you know the metal whatever it is. It seems like they use it for stabilizers on top of the cage. But this is just baby blue, right? This is this is this is the cage of 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 our childhood, right? Do you? Do you like Baby Blue less than the Chain Link? Are you turning on me? Are you, you going think, heel on Baby Blue? You think this is the same, the same one? I think this is. I think it. I think it is. You think this is the one and only? I th- I think they probably have more than one, but yeah. I mean, as far as cages go, this is the one and only. Oh, well, I can't recall a cage being this, this short. But okay, it's I mean, man. But do you not like that cage? Are you? You're you're a, are you a chain link guy? I'm just I've known to... you for thirty years, and I just find this out about you. I I like the chain link, man. I'm I'm just used to the cage being a being a bigger, you know, a bigger thing. Man, this is going to cause a real rift between us. I'm sorry, sorry. This is what it took, man. Yeah, I mean, I love the baby blue cage. What do you love about it? I like the look of it. I like the fact that it's when you're when you're watching it, you're not it doesn't feel like you're looking through a fucking fence. Like I don't feel like I'm looking into a like a prison yard, right? I like that part about it. It's got it's got a lot, a lot less give to it, so when when people end up hitting it, it sounds better. Like it sounds like you're you're hitting a cage. It's there's a lot of things I do like about it. I like it more than the fence, man. More than the fence. More than the fence. All right. You heard it here first. Well, we get a flashback to the melee <clears throat> that these two guys had back at Canadian Stampede. It's quite the melee they had. A, the, match yeah. that, the match that wouldn't end is what it was. Yeah. They meleeed all over Calgary. And then we get another flashback where Foley's disguised as a camera guy. Which was horseshit. He had his mask on and everything. <laughs> like you're, you're not gonna dis- you're, you're not gonna be disguised as a cameraman like when you're wearing the mankind mask. Get out of town. It was like if they dressed up Yoko Zuna as a cameraman, and everybody was like, "Oh, who's that?" 
That's it. The cameraman's attacked somebody. Oh, it's Yokozuna. <laughs> no, it's, you, you have to actually disguise yourself if, if you're going in disguise and wearing the mask kind of ruin that. So right off the bat here, the game darts for the door. And he almost gets out. Yeah. <laughs> I li- so I like this. I like that there's not an official in the in the cage. I love when the cage match stipulation is through the door or over the top. I think that's the only way cage matches should end. I know that there are some some philosophies out there that say it's horrible because you should have to pin you know pinfall or submission inside the cage, but it's so much better. It's such a like a f- more interesting element because you either beat your opponent lifeless so you can go over the top of the cage or through the door, or as your your you know kind of chicken shit heel. You can do what Triple H did, ring the bell and dart to the door. I just I think that it it's it's a much there's much more you can do within that match having it be over the top or through the door. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. I don't I don't like the official in the the official in there. It, yeah, like, but I do like I do like when it opened and Triple H just darts to the door. I, I thought that was perfect. That was that was good. That was good. Had he made it out, we would have had a much shorter match. Yeah, yeah, but Mick goes on the offense, man. Pretty, pretty strong here to start this off. Yeah, he gets the claw in pretty early. Yeah, and when he does, when he does get the claw, in, China climbs the the uh, the cage and puts it looks like a piece of belt around his neck and starts choking him through the cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty. That was pretty good. Like I liked they found ways to get China involved in the in the cage match from the outside. Oh, she's all over this thing. A little bit later, Mick tries to to get over the top. I think China nails him with the with the low blow. Of course, was it a low blow? I think it was a low blow. Like she wound up, and it looked like she punched him right in his a hole. <laughs> like he was and he he was climbing over, and China climbs up, and it was it was it was a pretty entertaining spot because I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard because China just wound up and she punched him. Right in the asshole. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever been punched in the asshole before, but, <laughs> but uh, for pleasure or otherwise, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't feel great. Like I got need, I got need real hard in the ass one time. Have I ever told you the story? No. You know, good friend, j <laughs> He wound up and and need me so so hard in the a hole. I pissed my pants. Oh, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah. So that's. I mean, it's a devastating maneuver. <laughs> yeah, it, it it definitely is. I mean, that counts as a low blow, in my opinion, because it's below the it's below the the waistline and and above the knees. Is that what you're saying? That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, then I got to ask you this: the inverted. They use a couple of uh, inverted atomic drops. Also a low blow. Is it a blow? It's a maneuver. It is a maneuver. Or you lift your opponent up and you drop them on your. You drop them and their their jennies right on your knee. It's a low blow, right? Uh, it's not looked at as a classic low blow, but I suppose by, by definition. Okay. So it should be outlawed <laughs> and the atomic drop should be outlawed. 
When's the last time you seen one of those? They're not around too much anymore. <laughs> They've probably been outlawed. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've seen them on the uh, you know on my the, the wonderful indie scene because indie wrestling's fantastic. You always get a couple of low they're not low blows but atomic. No, you can call the atomic drop the low blow. <laughs> the inverted. Yeah, it's all. They should throw it all out, man. <laughs> so after this uh, low blow or you know punch to the a hole, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the game gets a superplex, and he declines yeah. to escape. Yeah, <laughs> closes the door back up. Yeah, more punishment, more punishment. So we get we get a lot of a lot of cage rams in this in this match. Uh, China gets into the ring. She doesn't really do a damn thing. And then, I mean, did I miss something here? That's where my notes go. Yeah, what are you? <laughs> are you missing a page, brother? Is that what is that what happened? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I got okay. Lots of cage rams, and then I got China gets in the ring and doesn't do a damn thing. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you missed some you missed some pretty stellar stuff there because uh, in, in that you got uh, the Triple H was hanging upside down from the cage. I thought that was a sweet spot. You suplexes him, and Triple H kind of locks his legs over the top of the cage. Foley starts wailing away on him. That was great. And then there was a part where the the chair gets thrown into the ring. Do you remember this at all? Right, the chair. And then China, or the chair gets laid out and looks like we're going to get a pedigree to to mankind onto the chair. Mick then slingshots Triple H into the cage, sending China off and away. Mick's going to escape. And China comes over and slams the door on Mixa. One of the worst door slams in the history of door slams. And then Jimmy Corderas gets thrown into the, the damn, the official gets thrown into the door. So she's she really knows how to utilize a cage door. Uh, maybe better than any other manager out there. She utilizes the cage door. It's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. And then what else do we got here? China, yeah. Mick Mick tries to get out of the cage, and this is the part that you're talking about. Mick goes to get out of the cage. Triple H is laying there lifeless. China rushes in, and she misses her mark. I'm pretty sure is what happens. Because Mick's almost to the bottom of of the escape. And China rushes in and grabs Triple H like she's going to carry him out, and then just stops. Stops. And runs back to the door and like leans into the into the into the ring from outside. And that's where Mick climbs back up and delivers that uh, that top rope elbow drop. Right, right. And yeah, Jr. says everybody's chanting Superfly. Nobody was chanting Superfly. I didn't, I didn't hear what didn't hear superfly a Superfly at all. But that's where yeah, I think I think what happened there. What you're talking about is she missed her mark. I think she went in and didn't realize that or didn't didn't take into account like that spot hadn't happened yet. So once that spot happens, then Mick climbs out and goes to escape. China grabs triple H and actually starts pulling him at that point. And Mick hits the, hits the arena floor first wins the match. So she gets, uh, so she gets a second chance at this spot after the elbow. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Essentially. Cause I, I don't think that she was supposed to be in the cage for that first spot. Ah, Okay. Because Mick's almost, you know I mean? Mick's almost down, and then he realizes he's going to climb the cage and jump from the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. And I think that she 
she just completely blew the mark there and thought it was the actual the ending of the match. So uh, yeah, she she boned that that spot. But Mick wins, and then you know what happens? It made me very happy. Of course, you know what happens. You watch the damn event, right? Yeah. So Mick is he's laid out after a long long battle in the cage. Yeah, and the uh, the dude love music starts playing. <laughs> oh yeah, that foot starts tapping. And it, oh, he gets revived all almost Hulkster style. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, did that make you happy at all, man? I was smiling when it happened. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a feel good moment. That was that was perfect. He, he he like jumps up and he starts dancing around, and you hear ha 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 I was all over it, man. I was totally pumped. So much so that I'm changing. Remember we back to our prediction show? I'm changing my pick for wrestler of the year. Changing it. Mankind? Mankind. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, dude love all of it. The the it was it, it I was pumped, man. Like that was that was one of those moments where I was sitting there by myself watching the event. And when he started tapping and then he started kind of dancing around and he hugged the guy dressed as dude love. I was smiling like I, that made me genuinely happy to to remember that spot and watch like that transformation and how it was happening, what was going on. I was pumped. Dude, love wrestler of the year. Write it down. All right. Well, we got it on the record here. <laughs> Vince goes, "There's dudeness all over the place." <laughs> I was like, "Dudeness? No, stop it with the dudeness talk." <laughs> Do you like his, his music? The dude love. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I think it's a really underrated theme song. I mean, the video is fantastic too. Like everything about everything about the dude love character is fun. I I really enjoy it. Now, is this before or after the Big Lebowski? This is right in that ballpark. I believe. Yeah, good call. I'm not sure off the top of my head. It's right. It's right in the ballpark. Maybe it's a chicken and egg type thing. I'll Could look be into that. Yeah. But, uh, but he was calling himself Dude Love way back in the in the eighties. So yeah, right back in the, the right ba- the backyard backyard. Back- <laughs> oh, in the backyard! <laughs> Go Dutch on me, <laughs> jumping off the roof and shit is Dude Love. Oh, jumping off the roof in the backyard. <laughs> Anyways, love Dude Love. He's my new pick for uh, for for wrestler of the year. And how much did you love the next segment? This might be segment of the year right here. <laughs> yeah, you, you, this is your, <laughs> your pick for segment of the year? Awesome. I don't think that segment of the year was even a category, but we're making one just for this. Just for this, especially for this. That's a good idea. Actually, there's two segments of the year in this pay-per-view. Absolutely is. <laughs> Two contenders. Uh, after we review both of them, uh, you'll have to let me know which one's your pick. Okay. Uh, so first of all, we get, we get <laughs> Todd Pettengill. He's working overtime today. And uh, Governor Gal of New Jersey. Christy Todd Whitman. Fair enough. What do you know about Christy Todd Whitman? Uh, well, I know she cut the wrestling taxes in the state. She did that. She did that, which opened the door for the WWF to come back. What else do you know about her? <laughs> I know that she's accompanied by the Headbangers. Yep, absolutely. She is accompanied by the Headbangers. What else do you got on Christy Todd Whitman? Um, that's all I got. 
Okay. Well, she is the first female governor of New Jersey. Did you know that? No. She's got a couple of kids. Did you know that? No. She was either divorced or her spouse died in 2015. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Okay. And now here's, here's a special category for you. Did you know that she is an avid mountain biker? Define avid. She loves to do it. Mountain bike. She loves to mountain bike. That's fascinating, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the deep dive. I, yeah. I, I, I went, man, I'm going to go into this guns blaze and I want to know about Christy Todd Whitman. And I think she's like 74 years old. She's still out there. Oh, she's still doing the thing, huh? She's still Todd Whitman winning. Whitmaning? She's still Todd Whitmaning. Christy Todd Whitman. <laughs> Whitman. Good for her. Oh, CTW. So I guess before she came to town, there were taxes on wrestling shows. Well, it was, a, it was, it was, uh, I forget what the exact tax it was, but it was essentially like a, it's a sporting event type of a tax. Huh. So what they're trying to say is, you know, this isn't like necessarily a sporting event. This is an entertainment event. So they're trying to get into that kind of more, that type of a tax where it's more like a theater type of performance, I believe, but because it's uh it's always been kind of viewed it, wrestling such a gray area uh and they don't want to be like hey everybody it's uh we already knows this is uh this is a show this isn't uh you know it's not the it's not the eagles and the giants here uh they didn't well they wanted to be under not that sports type of attack so christy Todd Whitman did it she got rid of it she got a championship belt for it and man this segment was cool <laughs> it was useless it was it was it was it was ridiculous i was looking watching it going christy Tao whitman huh cool i'm gonna i'm gonna do some research on her because this, this 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 little situation is uh it might be a little bit of waste of space did she deserve the strap <sighs> boy i mean that was a hell of a title belt too that was the old winged eagle that was a good one i don't know if she deserved it yeah, and she, it was just given to her. Uh, it's nice to see Monsoon. Yeah, always good to see Monsoon doing his uh, doing his duty as uh, you know president elect of the the federation. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there's one uh, useless segment down. We got one coming up a little bit later, but in the meantime, we get a clip from earlier on in the day. There's a big old bash outside the arena. The SummerSlam uh, beach party. Yeah, Jr. says there's between fifty and twenty thousand folks on hand. Yeah, and that was uh, that's that's I guess that's number is supposed to be accurate because they were only expecting there to be like five thousand people, and sounds like a shitload showed up. So, hmm. could you imagine that going to a, like a, like I don't know some little town celebration, be like, oh yeah, the town's going to be here, and expecting like everybody in the town to show up, but then it turns out like three three towns showed up. Hmm. It's like a county fair type of thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. It looked it looked fun. It looked entertaining. They had the giant blow-up Undertaker. That was pretty sweet, right? I wonder where that is today. That's a good question. You know, it would be hilarious if it's, it's in, like, Vince's backyard. <laughs> like, still blowing up. <laughs> Flopping in the wind. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. That was, I don't know. I, I would have gone to the Super Slam. Super Slam, Summer Slam, Super Slam Beach Party. Yeah, it looks like it was a good time. Yeah. 
then we get uh are you pumped about the next match uh well we got more stipulations right so there's that we got i mean i want to be pumped mm-hmm. we got two great competitors Got Goldust Marlena against Brian Pillman. And uh, here we have a wife versus wearing a dress stipulation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, you like that stipulation? Is it, it, seems a, it seems a little lopsided. Yeah. And they got that mannequin wearing the dress at ringside. Yeah, I do think that mannequin. I don't know. It's kind of creepy. Mm. I wasn't. I wasn't for the mannequin wearing the dress as a prop outside. I love uh, Goldust. I've always liked his entrance. Was pretty fun this time, especially he's got that giant jacket on. That it's got giant feathers on him, makes him look like a giant golden duck. I thought that was pretty sweet. And then you have Marlena walking down, and she couldn't get her cigar lit. I thought that was kind of funny. I laughed at it because she like stops not even probably like a quarter of the way down the entrance aisle stops. And she does that classic, like hand over the cigar, <laughs> use the lighter type situation when it's, when it's windy out, the old, mm-hmm. the old classic cuff it and light it. How much wind do you think is that, is that the, uh, the continental airlines arena? Um, none. It's it, none. It's an arena. It's an arena. It should be right. Should be free to free to light up as you please without worrying about that kind of shit. Really, you should be. Well, you shouldn't be allowed to just light up. I mean, that's that's. I think there's no smoking signs, but she's a performer, so she gets to light light the cigar cigar. Yeah, it's part of the act, man. So, the king lets us know the king's never struck a woman in his whole life, not even his own mother. <laughs> but he would. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was a decent line. Uh, McMahon's talking about gold dust in the past tense. Uh, you know, like this is uh you know, this is a character that's going by the wayside and he's transforming and what have you type of a deal. I don't know. I mean Pillman clearly wants him some Marlena. Yeah. Can't, can't blame him for that. Can't fault him. What do you think about Pillman? Like Pillman's entrance music is pretty awesome. I like Pillman's entrance music. I like Pillman's entrance. He really like that loose cannon character. I thought he played very, very well. Uh, it's a shame that his the the car wreck kind of really ended up limiting anything that he could do in the ring. Like he can still move around, but it's been said that like when he wasn't performing, he was walking out with like crutches and stuff because his ankle was feeling like there's it, it was that was kind of rough i would like to have seen you know pillman in in prime form against goldust i think we would have got a better match out of it yeah absolutely um yeah just what was it like right before he was set to debut or something like that he got into a got into a wreck yep um so early on goldust plants a kiss on pillman yeah lip lock yeah Uh, Uh, yeah, Pillman's uh, Pillman is a is a maniac. He pulls off this this angle, uh, this yeah, this uh, character. Great. Yeah, absolutely does. Um, let's see what else we got. Jr. is encouraging encouraging us to call the hotline throughout this match. 
throughout the entire night. Yeah. Did you ever call the hotline? No, nah, man. I think you've asked me that before. I never did. I'll never really even. time too. Yeah, I never really had the urge to either. So what? One nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred, or is that the WCW? I think that's the WCW. I think that's Tanae's digits. Gotcha. <laughs> Got him saved in my phone as Mike Tanae. <laughs> <laughs> Don't argue me, man. Tanae, right now. <laughs> this this match, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, it didn't draw me too 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 much. Like there there was some parts here and there in the match that were that were decent but overall it wasn't a great match like watching it i just kept on reminding myself like how disappointing it is what happened to pillman because he was he was a very talented wrestler but you could see he's kind of he's hampered throughout this this match by his you know by his injuries by his condition um there was a when gold dust goes for the bulldog and pillman just kind of tosses him i thought that was kind of a fun spot and at one point you know gold dust top tosses uh pillman off the the top rope and it looks like Pillman's supposed to land, you know, racking his racking his buels on the top rope, but he just kind of misses and goes to the outside. It, I don't know. As far as matches go, it wasn't the it wasn't the best. It was it was it was it was okay. Like and that's being generous, I think. Uh and the finish was miserable. Yeah, I don't got too many notes for this match. The the finish was bad. There was a weird attempted sunset flip. Yeah, and then and then Pillman's essentially pinning Goldust after that sunset because it, it it landed so bad and so awkward. Like Pillman's essentially sitting on top of Goldust, pinning him, but the official's not not even selling the pin there. And then Marlena swings the purse at that got to be loaded purse, and Pillman gets rolled up for the win. It, I don't know. It wasn't really this one wasn't really for me. So Goldust is victorious, and Pillman's got to wear the. Gotta wear the dress. He, he really lets the mannequin have it afterwards. Yeah. And then we get a shot outside of the air pollution in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the humidity. Vince says so. Oh, that's that's what they call it, huh? Yeah, yeah. They go outside and they're a little little bit foggy out there because of the uh the humidity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, tomato, tomato, you know. Humidity, pollution. That's the same thing. All right, now we got a tag team match. We got the Hog Farmers. <laughs> Andrew and Phineas I. Godwin are taking on the Legion of Doom. And I mean, this one, what do you think? Four star classic? Five star? So I've been critical of Legion of Doom in our series. And I don't want to. I'm a fan of, of, I think at least I'm a fan of Legion of Doom but I have been critical of them and this match didn't really change my, like I, I really locked in and focused because I wanted to have a great match. I wanted to have it like a, well, they'll never be as good as the heavenly bodies, but I wanted them to have like a really good match. And I think that the Godwins aren't, they're not a bad take team. They seem to work well together. Uh, This match falls apart kind of all over the place, but I figured out that that's kind of the best match for LOD. When it turns into more of like a, it's it's not like the rules aren't completely being enforced. When they're really loose on the rules, I think that's like like because this wasn't a this wasn't a bad LOD match. I don't I don't mind the the Godwins as a team. I thought they they were pretty decent team. But for as much as I focused in, because I want to be like, man, this was a great spot. This was a great. Spot. I wanted to have like at least you know 
seven to 10 notes on how much I enjoyed the, the match and what great spots there were in it. Um, do, you, do you know how many notes I took? I'm going to guess three. One. One note. One note. <laughs> Spike pile driver finish. <laughs> that was it. Mm. I mean, did you like this match? Did anything about this? It wasn't like it wasn't a bad LOD match. Like I say, as long as they can kind of work loosely with the rules, I think that's kind of their bread and butter. Uh, yeah, this this whole run with LOD is kind of a sloppy run so far. Yeah. Um, I don't got much for notes either. I got, uh, you know, the, the Godwins come out with the Confederate flag. Yep. So that, that means they're the bad guys. That should get them some heat. Mm-hmm. Um, LOD got the crowd going good. Yeah. And I got this is a slobber knocker. Uh, Phineas hits a big nothing. What are these guys <laughs> fighting for? <laughs> right. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, well, it's because uh, Henry broke his neck. Remember? It's a revenge fight. Oh, revenge fight. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was. It was. It was not. I said I, I really, I really tried to pay attention. Really, really kind of lock myself in intently, but it didn't really. It didn't really do an awful lot, an awful lot for me. But I didn't think it was like as far as an LOD match, it was it was not it's not bad. It was it was somewhat, I guess, enjoyable. Like there's not a lot to shit on, I guess is kind of my point in this match. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a slobber knocker. Just a kind of wham bam, thank you, man. I did like that they used the spike pile driver instead of the, the doomsday for the finish. See the doomsday, that's how they broke. Uh, Henry O's neck. So going in and using the spiked pile driver instead of the doomsday, that was kind of nice. I mean, they set him up for the doomsday. Phineas comes in and kind of ruins that, and they set him up for the spike for the win. I don't know. It was okay for what it was. And now we got award-winning segment number two. Yes. Yes. Woo! I like this segment. I am for this segment. Yeah, we got the... We got the the world famous key picking giveaway. Yeah, unlock the coffin, win a million. With Sonny, Todd Pettengill, and Sable. So, were you a Sonny guy or you a Sable guy? I got to pick one. Yeah, you got to pick one. I said, are you a Sonny guy or a Sable guy? Okay, I'll be a Sonny guy then. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I am definitely a Sonny guy, and she looks as good as she ever has in this segment. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Um, so you want to explain the premise of this thing? There isn't much of a premise to it, but uh... so it's essentially like a kind of like a lottery type situation. I think you had to send in a send in some stuff or send in some information, something like that. Sign up. I don't know what it was, and then you get uh, you get entered in, and you could possibly be one of the two selected to go to the event. And be on stage with Sable or Sonny. Pick your key and see if your key wins. Uh, or they also had, they were going to call two people from their call list. And then they could uh, pick their keys to win, potentially win a million dollars. But they had to do it live. There was something with the New Jersey uh, like Lottery Commission or Gaming Commission, whatever it is, where they couldn't like have the people called in advance and sit on hold. So they actually had, they physically had to dial them live right there. And that was, that was a little bit of a situation, obviously, Todd, but well, I mean, 
not for Todd. <laughs> you see when Todd got there, he snuck that peak. That was hilarious. Yeah. Sonny's <laughs> holding the call sheet and she's lowering it. And then Todd's just looking directly at the knocks. I can't fault the man, but but that was uh, that was hilarious. And he kind of looked back at the camera, like, "Oh, you you did, you caught me." Of course, we caught you, Todd. You were you're going to be on camera this entire segment. You're running the segment. You can't just start looking at hooties. <laughs> you're going to get caught. Again, yeah. don't don't blame the man. Yeah, I got I got a note about Sonny looking real good as well. I mean, Sable and Sonny. That's you know that's that's good. Yeah. All in all, this uh, the you know outside of Sable and Sonny, this isn't what I'm looking for in my wrestling program. No, it's uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. And I thought that so while while the segment was going on, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. But here's here's one of them, um, not regarding Sable or Sonny. So, do you think that it would have been better to have the cage match placed more in the middle of the card? Because they could have used these two segments, they could have sandwiched these two segments around them, the Christy Todd Whitman and the Million Dollar Giveaway, to both set up and tear down the cage, and it would have flowed still kind of right through. That that seems to make sense to me. Yeah, okay, good. I thought I was right, and, and you confirmed it. Nobody wins a million dollars. No, if they would have picked key number three, they would have. Key- key number three and uh, jerry the king says he would have picked key number three because three rhymes with key right (laughs) sweet 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 call there jerry sweet call yep Yep. all right back to the action here we got the bulldog and ken shamrock for the european title and like you had mentioned earlier we got another stipulation where one of these guys is gonna have to eat some dog food (laughs) <laughs> would, have been, would have been funny if they would have made the stipulation dog shit <laughs> would have made you laugh at least yeah yeah for like, sure. like do, you, do you remember the kennel from hell match where they had all the dogs outside of the, the ring inside of the cage and they were taking dumps around the ring i think that was al snow and big boss man yeah 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 that would have been i don't know i don't that might be too lowbrow i'm not sure but <laughs> so this this match here, this match features a few of the worst spots ever put onto tape, I think. You think so? Because my first notice is a praise of a spot. Oh, yeah. Well, Which I didn't, think, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that was going to be a situation where I was going to praise anything in this match. I mean, what, what spot are we talking about? We're, do, we, do we get going with the slobber knocker? Shamrock yep. is he's clearly in the zone. Yeah. Um. What, what do you got? My first note is uh, about a terrible spot. Okay. My first note is nice sunset flip. <laughs> oh. I was so, right, weird kind of a thing to grab onto, but the sunset flip that he did, it was Shamrock onto Bulldog, right? So he goes for the sunset flip, and Bulldog's fighting it, and what Shamrock does is he, like, pulls himself up and his legs up and then hooks the arms and rolls him down for the sunset flip. Like I thought it was really good looking as far as the sunset flip goes. Because usually, you know the fight. It's the guy's on the right. He's trying to pull him down. The guy on top is swinging his arms around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then usually he finally gets him. But while Bulldog's kind of, his arms are out, he's kind of flailing around. Shamrock pulls himself up, uses his legs to catch both the Bulldog's arms and bring him down. I thought it was, as far as sunset flips goes, man, I mean, sunset flip of the year. Hmm. Definitely much better than the gold dust 
Brian Pillman sunset flip. Well, you're right about that one. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that sunset flip, I think. It was really good. And I've seen a, I mean, probably at least a couple thousand sunset flips in my wrestling watching career. Uh, and that might be the best one I've ever seen. Well, um, we go from an A-plus sunset flip to, I got one of the worst spots I've ever seen. That's my note. So these guys are battling. Um, they're on the outside. Oh, uh, are you going to call the suplex? <laughs> yeah, we got a failed suplex. Um, I don't know what they're going for here. Um, suplex gets locked on, and it just collapses into into nothing. Um, I can't even I can't even explain it. It's it's I, I would put it. It's probably on one of the botch manias. I would imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely is. Um, Bef- before that, that suplex, we did get a spot where Bulldog kicks Shamrock right in the pills, and I thought that was pretty good. I know you like a good pill shot. Yeah, but there was no DQ for the pill shot. Right, right. They were letting the pill shot slide. It, it seemed like they're kind of opening up the rules a little bit, where you could go ahead and kick a guy in the groin. Mm-hmm. I would have done that every match. I mean, yeah, if you're not going to get disqualified. Yeah, I do it repeatedly every match. I, I do it I, I do it so much that other wrestlers wouldn't want to be in the ring with me. <laughs> They'd look at the rundown list and be like, oh, shit, I'm in the, I'm in the ring with Rogue tonight. Anybody got a spare cup on? <laughs> That's what I'm doing, man. I'm hammering those Jennies. Mm. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it happened, but I can't think of an occasion off the top of my head where somebody got disqualified for the nut shot. I think it's happened many times, but we just uh, you've seen it enough times where it kind of blends in with the rest of the wrestling you've seen. Because mm. later on in the, this match, when they're outside, I think it's after the the suplex from hell. Bulldog gets Shamrock again right in the nuts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he gets him. It's more of a Nard's plow maneuver, I think. Yeah, he had a good Nards ball. Yeah, and then the, the damn <laughs> bulldog takes the dog food and smears it on Shamrock. And he hits him with the can. And that's enough. And that that's... That's, that's a, a disqualification. That's, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then the bullshit really starts. Yeah, if you thought Shamrock was in the zone beforehand. <laughs> I mean, now he is snapped. Um, I don't like I don't like that, man. Like it seems like the crowd really liked when he lost his shit and started throwing officials everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like he gets, you know, the, the DQ happens obviously and then all of a sudden Shamrock just loses control, chokes out Bulldog. It takes I I, free, I didn't for count, but it was probably what I'm guessing in the neighborhood of seven officials, including Pat Patterson, to come down there and uh, finally, finally release the hole. But while they're doing that, they keep on yelling to ring the bell. Did you notice that? Like yeah. the one official, the one official kind of hard side cam. He just kept on going back in, yelling to release the hole. Then he turn around and say, "Ring the bell, ring the bell." And then he go back in. You got to release the hole. Turns around, ring the bell, ring the bell. The bell isn't going to do anything, right? No, this is a 
This is a spot we've seen a couple of times in this series so far. The right. Let's send everybody out from the back, and mm-hmm. maybe they can negotiate with the crazy guy to let go of the hold. They right. Don't, they don't do anything. It's like they're having a big an intervention, basically. It kind of is, but you got to make sure to keep ringing the bell. Right, right, because he's going to respond to that. Right. The bell's the bell's gonna gonna be the ticket, and it's like, man, they've been ringing the bell the entire time. The bell doesn't do anything. I just don't. I, I don't understand what the the philosophy is of make sure to keep ringing the bell. I don't know, man. That's some some insider uh, insider tactics there. So, do you remember when we had uh, in the first series we had Jerry Lawler stuck in the sharpshooter? And all the officials came down. And you remember Pat Patterson was wearing that sweet, sweet Reeboks? Yep. Okay. So now anytime I see Pat Patterson, I can't help but look at his shoes. And he upgraded, man. He's not wearing sneaks anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Good for Pat. Yeah, that was the same spot where we get all the officials out there and they, yep. don't, they don't do nothing. Yeah. But then he it breaks down and he finally releases them and then sends everybody for a suplex. Everybody gets a suplex, right? And the, the officials essentially kind of get in the line <laughs> to take a yeah. suplex. Yeah. It's like taking Umbria at a deli type situation. And then finally, it kind of calms down, and Shamrock screams, get out of my way. When at this point, there's nobody in front of him, right? He just screams, get out of my way. I was, I, I became less of a Shamrock guy. Like the sunset flip, I thought, boy, you know what? He might change my mind. By the end of this series, I might become a Shamrock guy. By the end of this match, I went, no, I was right in the beginning. I'm not a Shamrock guy. I know you love him. I know he's one of your all-time faves, but yeah, it was it wasn't good. No, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a wash of a match. Speaking of a wash of a match, oh, don't you dare introduce the next match like this. <laughs> Speaking of a wash of a match. You well, talking about the Bariquas like that? Uh, is this your is this your match of the year pick? Did I offend you? Bariqua! <laughs> you're not on the Bariquas? No, man. You're not. Not a Bariqua. Do you know what Bariqua means? It means Puerto Rican. Hey, good job. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I didn't think that you would pull that one. I'm kinda, <laughs> you you kind of stumped me there. I thought I was going to correct the negative knowledge on you, enlighten you. Man, don't mean nothing but a Puerto Rican. But I, but I mean that's still something. Uh, and I think that I like the Bariquas, man. You don't like them? Not really, man. You turn your back on Savio Vega? What do you, I mean, Savio, Savio's good, sure. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about hair on the back guy? I mean, every faction has their you know their weakness and their strength, but. I think Estrada, Estrada was really good in this match. Mm. But what about the the DOA? Are you a DOA guy then? No. Okay. So this match was, you might as well just sat there and started punching yourself in the nuts. I mean, I'll have to go through through the match here. Maybe there's some good spots. Uh, Maybe I'll surprise myself. The motorcycle entrance? That's lame, right? We can agree on that. Well, they're a bunch of tough guys. This has to be established. Right, but riding motorcycles down to the ring, like that's, I don't know. I've never liked that. I've never been into the motorcycle riding to the ring. 
Oh, so here we go. This match gets gets going after the after the DOA comes out with the motorcycles. I got I got a feeling this is gonna suck. And then <laughs> I got the beginning is not as terrible as I expected. See? Bariqua. So yeah, Savio hits that, that cool crescent kick thing where he nails him in the corner and then he goes to the outside. Right. Big fan of that. Well, there's there is so Chains, right, out of all the, the members of DOA, Chains might be the one that I'm I'm kinda okay with. He seem he seems pretty decent. He had that that uh, the multiple elbow drops. That was a those were pretty those were pretty good looking elbow drops. The Estrada had a lot of work, especially in the beginning of this match. The multiple elbow drops, and then Savio with a spin kick. And then I was thinking about it, and you know who the who Skull and Eight Ball are, of course. The Blue Brothers. The Blue Brothers, right? So that I kept on watching them. I was like, man, I wonder if they could have kept their long hair and still been Skull and Eight Ball. That didn't really matter. But then the Savio kick, right? The mm-hmm. Savio kick is such a cool move. And then the nation arrived not long after that. Now, here's the question. The nation arrives, right? They come down with Ahmed. Does Ahmed look... I think he looks cooler as a nation member. You think so? I think so. As opposed to having that red... The red garb and the, you know, 17 knee pads for each leg. Like, I think I think he looks kind of I mean, kind of badass as a nation member. You like the do-rag? I like the do rag, yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, they. You know, the the nation at this time we got Farouk, D'Lo, Kamal Mustafa, and Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. Um. Interesting looking back. I think we talked about this last time. But if uh, if Ahmed would have stayed healthy, things would have probably been a lot different. Um. Because you know the Rock shows up and right, you know, Rock probably doesn't get the opportunity to be in the nation if if Ahmed stays square, right? Right. So, or maybe he still does. Maybe that, but this time they're sick of his shit already, and they're like, "Hey, Ahmed, we uh, you know, we tried you as the the this guy, and then we tried you as this guy, and you've injured about fifty six of our guys, and well, we just we're just gonna wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors." <laughs> Well, so, did you? That. So when the nation showed up, did that did that help bring you into the match more? Because I, I, I was, I was, was kind of, yeah, I was kind of like halfway through the match. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it brought me in a little bit. It's, you know, this match really was longer than it had any business being. Yeah. Um, you know, big old melee breaks out with all three factions. And they throw this one out too, so we got a couple of them thrown out here right in a row. And no, they don't. They don't. Oh, are you sure you watched the same event as me? Yeah, I got they ring the bell. No, you're wrong. Are you sure about that? I'm positive about that. Chains gets tossed to the outside, right? Did then they ring Ahmed the bell after a pinfall or something. Yes, they did because Chains goes <laughs> Chains goes to the outside. He attacks Ahmed. And Ahmed, they call it a Pearl River Plunge. Hey, I happen to be quite the Pearl River Plunge aficionado, and it's not a Pearl River Plunge. He picks him up in like a power power bomb type lift, and then he does like a sit out. But as he sits out, he just drops chains onto his legs. It's really bad. It was the worst. Like, JR calls it a Pearl River Plunge twice. 
And if that is the Pearl River Plunge, it's the worst Pearl River Plunge ever performed, bar none. And then they roll, they roll change back into the ring, and then who gets the win? Bariqua! Bariqua! You don't like the Bariquas, man, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I like the Bariquas. Well, you got that right, man. Um, but yeah, so they didn't, they didn't throw this match out. The Bariquas won the damn match. Maybe that's why you're, maybe that's why you're not liking the Bariquas as much because you don't, you don't follow them closely. That could be. I think the the melee distracted me. Probably, I just thought they were yeah. throwing it out. Well, afterwards it breaks down, and the break was they just got they just kind of hightail. I like that part of it. Everybody's fighting, and they're just like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna see you guys later." Bariqua out, and then Chains gets on the motorcycle, and they show like they show him revving up the engine from the entryway because he's gonna he's gonna run everybody over his motorcycle. He's trying to run someone over, right? And so if you're going to run somebody over a motorcycle is probably not the most effective tool to do it. And right. when they go to that like widescreen shot, do you see Ahmed Johnson is limping? No. Yeah. He's got a pretty deadly limp going on. And then, then crusher starts, you know, hits the gas and goes down the, down, down the, and nobody jumps out of the way because everybody's already on either side of the barricade. So there's no way he was going to, and then he, he drives around the ring and then drives through nobody again and out of the arena. So he leaves the rest of his, his DOA brothers out there, and he's gone. He just says, I'm out. That's the end of it. This, The end of the match, I didn't care for. It would have been better if the Bariquas were there. Savio would have got that spin kick on Crush while he's driving his motorcycle, flattened his ass, that burnt his arm on the tailpipe. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been way better. But this was not. So this is a great, great win for the Bariquas. Bad match. You suppose Ahmed injured himself on that plunge? Because <laughs> first of all, I don't know if we could call it. A, it was not a. It was not a Pearl River plunge. I don't. I don't think he knew what he was doing. I think he grabbed him and he was like, "All right, I, I pulled the the matting up. I'm gonna. I'm. What I'll do is I'll pile drive him on him." And then he's like, "No, I won't pile drive him. I'll, I'll power bomb him." And then he's like, "No, I won't power. I'll new move. New move." Sit out power bomb where I drop the guy on my own legs. <laughs> that had to be what it, what what injured him that time. It was pretty ugly, man. Yeah. Well, out of all the vehicles that you would choose to run somebody over, right? If you had a vehicle to choose to run your enemies over, motorcycle's the last pick. Right. That's long after truck. Right. Car. Right. And that's only because like you wouldn't be able to pick like canoe. Yeah, yeah. Go kart. I think I'd rather I'd rather try and run somebody over with a go kart than a motorbike. Same here. Yeah, it's a bad it's a bad selection. But again, it's a great win for the Bariquas. Okay, I'll will give that to the Bariquas. So now on to the what you picked is what your worst match in the history of matches in the prediction show. That's what you called it. I I'd anticipated that. Um, just worst because- match and best finish. I think is what you what you said. Uh, maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, here we got Owen Hart. Here's the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was the man, that, and he says it multiple times. Because he was the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
he is the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he could do it again. Well, at one point, he was the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the one who pinned his shoulders, shoulders to the mat. One, two, Meaning he's the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, one thing's for sure, he is the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you see the disrespect he had for the Slammies after his entrance? Owen? Yeah. What, what did he do with the Slammies? Well, you know, the Slammies, he always takes them. He sets them down on the ring, like the ring steps, right? Sets them up. They're prominently in his corner. Mm-hmm. This time he laid them down underneath the turnbuckle. Hmm. Think he's getting tired of the Slammies? How could he get tired of the Slammies? That's a good point. You think he won a third Slammy for being the man that beat Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> he should have. <laughs> <He should've. laughs> the next Slammy goes to the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin Slammy Award. <laughs> This is another one of our fun stipulation matches. If, <laughs> if, if Stone Cold Steve Austin does not beat the man who beats Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> he's got to kiss the man who beats Stone Cold Steve Austin's ass. <laughs> just, I had sorry, I just got the 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 old Ted Nugent song stuck in my head there, real quick. <laughs> kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we won't travel down that road. Uh, yeah, he's got to kiss his ass. Mm-hmm. Well, Cole's badgering him pretty good about being, you know, you're going to put your reputation on the line. Are you ready to kiss, you know, are you ready to kiss the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin's ass? And Austin pretty much just shoves him away. He says something about beating his, his scrawny ass and then into the ring. The crowd, this is as loud as the crowd's got the entire night was for Stone Cold Steve Austin showing up. Yeah, yep. Yeah, this is actually a very good match until it goes south. Um, this- there was there was really great wrestling action. They worked really well together. It was it was a lot of, it was a lot of, obviously, Owen jumps them early on in the match and gains the offensive. Uh, at, there is a, there is a point in the match where uh, I think uh, Owen slips out of I forget what move it was, but Owen slips out of it and turns around. And just I love when he celebrates like the smallest things. It makes me laugh so hard. And this was another one of those small things that he accomplishes. And he turns around, and he arms way up in the air, and he woos. It's so great that <laughs> it, was, it was just like the way he celebrates those small accomplishments. I think is is just fantastic. It's, it's hilarious. So yeah, this is, it's real fast paced um, out of the gate here. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin's hitting the hitting the guy who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin with with just everything, everything but the kitchen sink. Gets with the Luthers, just just like you said, the crowd is the crowd's going nuts for this. Yeah. Um, the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin is he gets the upper hand and he's he's working on he's working on his fingers. Yeah, which was kind of a nice nice spot. I would have never really thought to go for the fingers, but. Obviously, the goal is he can't flip him off if his fingers are all broken and shambled. Boy, that's smart. Yeah, that's a good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's the man who beats Stone Cold Steve Austin. Man doesn't want to get doesn't want to get the bird anymore. I would never thought. You know, even watching that match, I didn't think about that at all. Like watching this match uh, the entire time, I'm like, all right, here we go. I didn't remember 
because obviously we've both seen this match numerous times, but I did, you don't remember the match. You remember the ending because the ending is such a big deal. So in watching this match, I kept on trying, like I was going, wow, this is such, this is a very enjoyable match. It's a good match. At one point, Owen leaves and he's, he's out of here with his hands up and uh, JR says, well, if Owen gets counted out, Austin will have to kiss his ass. I was like, well, no, but Austin would be the winner if Owen gets counted out. Why would he have to kiss his ass in that situation? So they, they kind of, they fumbled that one out, but Austin beats him back, you know, beats him up, bringing him back to the ring. And the crowd is, crowd is, you know, the crowd's hot for this match. Uh, at one point, I think JR uh, calls, because JR's called it a couple different things now. He's called it a hot shot. It's been called a hangman. Austin does it, lays Owen out to dry on the top rope. And what does he call it this time? Calls it a stun gun. Goes by many names. And then Austin hits, uh, I think it was the uh, Owen's got Austin a sleeper and Austin sits out of it. And then he calls it a jaw jacker. And I was like, man, earlier in the event, they had a country fried clothesline. Now we got a stun gun. Now we got a jaw jacker. Do you think JR just makes this shit up as he goes along? <laughs> Do you think he just changes his mind? Like one, one night he's like, ah, it's a hangman. Tonight it's a hot shot. Oh, stun gun. <laughs> Whatever comes to mind. Cause if he does, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's quite the skill and talent. Yeah, there's a, this is this is clearly the best match on the card so far, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, was, I was by wrong, far. I was wrong with my with my prediction. Yeah. Um, yeah, Austin even nails a power bomb in this thing, which I hadn't seen mm-hmm. him do before. So we're getting to the end here. How does they they have like a uh, some sort of a crazy exchange deal? Um. Are you talking about going into the pile driver? Going into the pile driver, yeah. So he sends him off. He sends him off the ropes, and he picks him up like they do the uh, like a tilt a world backbreaker type of a situation. Mm-hmm. But Owen slides through it, lifts him up for the pile driver. Now there's there's some controversy, obviously, around this <laughs> this pile driver specifically. Um, I don't remember it, Owen ever doing it and going to his ass in this. I think Austin writes in this book that uh, going through the like running through the match. Uh, Austin wanted to get clarification that Owen was going to his knees on the, the pile driver. And Owen said, no, I dropped my ass. And I guess Austin was like, well, no, you, you got to go to your knees. And Owen kept on saying, no, it's, you know, my pile driver, I go to my ass. And I guess Austin just left it at that because he's a, you know, Owen's a hell of a wrestler. He's from the Hart family. And, and I think in his book, he says, who am I to tell him otherwise? Um, and obviously, have you ever seen that done by anybody else? Like that, that type of pile, like, that type of pile driver going to the tombstone going to the ass. It did, Cause I don't remember him doing it after this either. And I don't remember seeing it before. So I don't remember Owen ever doing this. No. Uh, right. Right. There, there's different wrestlers did variations of this mm-hmm. um, move, but no, I, I'd never seen Owen do this before. Yeah. And I think that uh, I want to say there was, there were, I, maybe it was who was mother heart. Helen. Helen, yeah. I think Helen at one point said that she thought that Austin was uh was faking the injury. Hmm. Like there's like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like if you do a deep dive and start looking into like all the stuff surrounding this, uh, it's it, a lot of controversy. Obviously, you know, Owen's Owen breaks Austin's neck. Austin said that Owen never once checked on him when he was in the hospital, never checked, you know, and that's just kind of a 
I mean, that's, that's the right thing to do. If you break somebody's neck is to say, Hey, how you doing, man? Um, so I guess it was, there's just, there's, we could probably do an entire episode on a deep dive of the, the man who beat stone cold, Steve Austin, breaking stone cold, Steve Austin's neck, but it was, uh, it's, it's pretty ugly. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty dark around there, especially when you, you take into consideration that like mother heart is saying, no, 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 my, my baby boy wouldn't break Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck. He's a safe, you know, he's a safe wrestler. Austin's faking a neck injury. Like it's I, there's there's a lot of shit surrounding it. And then obviously when the, when he does hit him with that uh, that pile driver that breaks his neck, like Austin or not Austin Owen, you can see like Owen looks like a little remorseful right away. Like the look on his face, mm-hmm. like he knows kind of something went horribly wrong. And then he's running over to the, he goes to the points at Vince and Jared, the commentary team, and says, now he's going to kiss my ass. And at one point he tries to get the crowd to chant Canada, which I thought was, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Like that was, that, that's, that's kind of a nice touch. And you can see they're trying to kind of, they're trying to communicate how it's go how the match is going to end now, because it has to end now. And that's where we get that, that schoolboy roll up finish. That was, that was really for as good as the match was that the ending was as bad. Yeah. I was thinking about how they could have, you know, how, how they almost had to end it differently. I mean, because yep. Austin was, he was laying there uh, temporarily paralyzed at first. Right. Yep. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Austin yelled to Hebner, you know, I can't move, keep him away from me or something like that. Yep. Um, and yeah, he, he, after a, a few awkward minutes of, you know, um, Owen just kind of doing his thing like you were talking about, he, he rolled him up with just a, a terrible, terrible roll up. Yeah. Um, that was all he could do though. I mean, right. Um, like I said, I was trying to think of another way they could have ended this thing. Um, I'm going back and watching it now. I'm shocked that they, that they still finished the match knowing that, you know what I mean? Knowing the damage that was done, like knowing that in the ring Austin could, and this is like, this is the only way that I could see, like, maybe there's some, there could be some controversy and conspiracy around Austin, not actually having like uh, being as injured as severely because they finished the match. Because I would imagine, in, at any point, if Austin, like if a wrestler gets dropped on his head and he tells the official, "I can't move my legs," the official ends the match. Right? The official throws the X's up. They end the match. The medics come out. Right? That's 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 gotta be the way that it ends. And that's in this a good match, point. yeah. In this match, I mean, it, it clearly looks. And Austin, like I, there's no way I believe that Austin wasn't severely injured. But Hebner does not end the match. He doesn't throw the X up. The paramedics do not come down. I can't imagine a scenario ever in any other match where where a competitor goes, I can't move my legs, and they don't just call it it's over paramedics. So that's like that's the that's the only way where I see a little bit of give and maybe uh a, an area where somebody can come in with a conspiracy theory about that. Because how do you not? You know what I mean? Like, how do you not? If a guy's paralyzed in the ring, he can't move his legs. How are you not only going to not end the match, but also have him go over? 
And we have a new Intercontinental Champion and probably, <laughs> probably the the least uh, or the most anticlimactic, uh, you know, championship win of all time. How how long is Austin out? Do you remember? Because what's the what's the next event? Ground is it Ground Zero? Ground Zero, yeah. And he's on the poster for Ground Zero, isn't he? I I don't recall. And there's no way you're going to have a broken neck and come back next month. That doesn't make any sense. I'm pretty sure he's on the poster for Ground Zero. I could be wrong. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Um, I, I, I do remember that he was, uh, you know, he, he was out for, you know, far less than you would have expected him to be out for. But this, this could have been the time, too, when he was, uh, you know, he kind of took a break from the in-ring stuff to, to right. just kind of build this character, you know. But and he does, he builds up uh, um, a lot more of his character, like doing the, the at-home uh, vignettes and stuff like that. Like he didn't, he, he had a, it was, it was pretty, pretty, he had a lot of great work for somebody that wasn't in the ring. Yeah, you know, they 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 played a lot. They did a lot of build up in the uh, in his character while he's away. So he is in fact on the poster for Ground Zero. He is. He doesn't compete though. He does not. He's actually the only wrestler on the poster. <laughs> and you're right. He does not. He does not compete in Ground Zero. So he's. I mean, like I guess I don't. I'm not going to do a deep dive right now to remember when exactly this is he came back, but. Yeah, it was. It's that's a memorable moment, for sure. Will always be a memorable moment, uh, with especially with all the current controversy surrounding it. But Austin's a champ. Austin is the champ. All right, that brings us to our main event. Okay, so uh, Austin is back in December, and this happened in August. Yeah. So. Huh. Quick four well, four months four month uh, turnaround for a broken neck. Mm-hmm. All right, I mean maybe I don't I don't I don't know. I've never had a broken neck. Well, he's, he's a tough guy. So oh. uh, this next match, do you have strong feelings about it? I mean, it was a good match. Bret Hart comes out. Love Bret Hart. Big fan of Bret Hart. Does the whole thing with the this is for all my fans around the world except for an america type of a gimmick bret hart made a lot of wrestlers right he put over a ton of people building them up into into stars right that's a fair that's a fair thing to say i think yeah that's fair okay because you could i mean you could probably argue that he made well austin He made Austin sure star. Yep. 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 Owen. He really put Owen. His feud with Owen brought Owen up big time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because prior to that, what was he? He was in high energy with Coco Beware. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, British Bulldog. Uh, yep. Yep. That's Diesel. Really, that's really the only memorable match that the Bulldog had. And he was around right. for 20 years. Right. Diesel. You could you could make the argument that he he definitely made Diesel. I mean, ba- Backlund yep. dropped the strap to Diesel, but 
I mean, as far as a in-ring competitor really pushing Diesel to the, you know, to the to the to the stu- to stars, maybe would have been Bret Hart. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Bret Hart made a lot of people better and bigger stars. We can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Who did Shawn Michaels make a star? For as good of a performer as Shawn Michaels is, yep. I can't think of anybody that he elevated into stardom. He always worked with people that were already established. Worked with people that were already, you know, upper mid card or main event talent. Um, Undertaker, he's had the title since uh, Mania. It's his second run with the gold. Hitman is looking to become the second guy to get the title five times. And yeah. Actually, I think he's the only guy that, besides um, Hogan, to have won the thing more than like twice at this point. Wow. So it's not like these days when, you know, Cena's got 18 title reigns and Orton's right. got 25 and whatnot. Right. Um, Better times back then, man. Late. Yeah. You got a lot of what do you say? What do you say, Taker? What do you say? What do you say, Brett? The only thing, like, so remember when Piper uh, officiated WrestleMania 10? Yep. And he was super loud, but it was, like, Piper wasn't, like, he didn't say, what do you say, nonstop, where Michael said, what do you say, nonstop? And then the one thing that Piper did that I did like was that he went, when they were broken up, he would go, wrestle. <laughs> He's like, all right, everybody wrestle. Uh, Michaels was, was very loud. He was pretty much always in the shot. Mm-hmm. And like when you see like really polished officials, they're not always in the shot because like great officiating is usually like you're, you're, you're there, you count the three. You're not really taking anything away from the performers in the ring. And Michaels, it seems like he just needs to have, he needs to have some spotlight put on him. Right. Yeah, he's definitely hogging some spotlight. So right out, right out of the gate here, the hitman gets up on the Undertaker. Undertaker's got this big ass trench coat on, <laughs> but it came off smoothly, brother. Yeah, Owen attacks him with the belt right before the before the thing kicks off. Owen runs over, or Owen, <laughs> Brett, of course. Brett comes over, hits him with yep. the belt, hits him in the back. Yep. And then Taker, it looks like we're gonna have one of those jacket situations. And Taker's not going to be able to get the jacket. I was in the situation like, don't. but that jacket, it flew off, right? He took it off. No problem. Hmm. We don't see that. No. This, no, this I... is the first time in, in all the episodes that we've done that a jacket just comes off smooth. So would you, if you were a performer, would you have a jacket as your ring gear? Would you enter with the jacket? I don't think I'd risk it. Smart move. Yeah. <laughs> so this match is about 20 25 minutes long it's a long one yeah uh, yeah there's some cool spots we get uh hart gets a figure four locked in um i think he does the post figure four he does do the post yeah. figure four well when he's when he's got taker in the figure four in the ring that's when paul bear comes down mm, right taker lays him out if i recall correctly yeah, Taker, Taker gets out of the ring and, and hollops him, puts him down, and then Michaels ends up going outside, and uh, you hear him yell, like, get your fat ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a couple of officials run down to help Paul Bearer escort Paul Bearer you know, back to, 
you know, to the backstage area. But it was funny. He said a couple times you hear him just go get your fat ass out of here. <laughs> it's like, geez, boy toy. Man, Heart Foundation comes out as well. Yeah, um, they do. Well, there's so oh, oh well, Owen and Pillman come out. Right, right. And they're kind of standing out there, and they're like, "Well, there's no good, you know. They're not out here for any good reasons." And I was thinking, what was it? Would be a good reason? Like you don't see a lot of, like if I'm in a match, right, and everybody knows you're my buddy, and you're in the back, and you're coming to the uh, the ringside. What would be a good reason for you to come to the ringside? Moral support. Okay. Yeah, and I think Jr. Jr. Oh, that that'd be a good one too. Jr. says that too. They're not. They can't be here for moral support because they don't have any morals. Oh right, right. Yeah. So what the hell do you think? What'd be a good reason? Well, you said the moral support, right? Yeah, bottle of water, towel, towel guy. Okay. Because, but just not, just don't get in, in, involved in the match. Right. Right. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, if Hitman loses, he's he's this is a loser leaves the country match. Right. Ring post figure four. That's a sweet move. Mm-hmm. I love the ring post figure four. Ring post sharpshooter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I give him props for trying. Um. Oh shit! There's a. So this this thing goes back and forth for quite a while. Uh, there's a pretty sweet spot where uh, the taker goes for this. I got this long range choke slam where he's got him from the apron to the inside. Yeah. Hell of a choke slam. I think that was, that was uh before, I mean, cause earlier what was it Owen? Is that, I'm trying to remember now the, the, the chain of events, but is that before or after? That's, HB- before, that's before the post sharpshooter. Okay. And I know it. Yeah, you're, you're right. Cause I think HBK at one point, Taker gets a choke slam on Brett. And I think that HBK is still making sure that uh God, who is it? Pillman and Owen are getting going to the back. Right, mm-hmm. Taker go, goes to the outside and he throws some 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 haymakers to Owen and Pills, and then Taker comes back in, he, he gets the choke slam on Brett. He gets the he would have gotten the one, two, three, but I think Brett still or HBK's on the outside saying, you know, make sure that they're out of here, make sure that they're gone. That's when Taker grabs HBK. There's a little. There's a little bit of back and forth with HBK and and uh, Taker in this match. Yeah, HBK sells the uh, sells the, the being terrified of the Taker yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do we got here? So we we got the post sharpshooter. Um, I thought he was going for a post cloverleaf. Like the way he was setting it up, didn't it look like he was? It was going to be like a cloverleaf type type setup. Yeah, it was a funny looking looking contraption there. Right, a contraption. Uh, I like that. It's not a maneuver. It's a contraption. <laughs> it's a body contraption. So Hart lands on Michaels. Yeah. Um, and then Hart grabs the chair, nails the taker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the deal with the chair <laughs> I, I see this chair right he's, he's laid out there's a big dent in the chair why is the, right. the deal with the chair <laughs> right <You know? laughs> that, that, that was pretty good 
Not as I mean, so yeah, because they keep he keeps pulling like <laughs> Brett just kind of shrugs him off. He goes, he's like, I'm trying to get to work here, right? <laughs> and Shad grabs him, pulls him. He's like, hey, but the chair, look at the chair, the dent. What's going on? And Brett's like, I, I'm trying to work here. <laughs> he goes back to punch and take her, and, and Shad grabs him by the arm and flips around again. He's like, hey, the chair, the dent, the taker's down. Was it you? <laughs> and finally, Brett's like, Brett's gets uh, just fed up with it. He looks at him and goes, fuck you. And he spits in his face. <laughs> it was like that part of the match. They, they, yeah, the Taker and, and Brett worked a really good match together. I could have gone with uh, a little bit fewer outside incidents, like with Paul coming down and the Heart Foundation coming out. But that exchange for the for the end of the match was phenomenal. <laughs> just the what's with the chair, and Brett? I'm trying to work here. What's with the chair? Fuck you! Spits his face, and as soon as the spit hits, he lines up and he hits Taker perfectly like that. It, the sequence of events at the end ran so smooth and so well. It was it was fantastic. Now, it has been said that. Brett was supposed to spit on Sean's chest. And I think that we can both see that uh, that spit is right in the face of Sean Michaels. Yeah. 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 And he delivered that line that, that he delivered that fuck you. There was some venom in that. Fuck you. That wasn't like a friendly (laughs) fuck you, man. That was fuck you. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. there was there was some rage and some passion behind that. Like you see people like hanging around, like oh, you beat me at Mario Kart. Ah, fuck you! Like this was this is not one of those. This oh. was this was I'm gonna chop down your family tree type of a fuck you. And that was, whew, boy, it made me feel made me feel a little a little uneasy. <laughs> so overall, this event, what do you think? Best one we've seen so far this year. The series? It's not the best. It's not no. the worst. Oh, okay. So it's it's somewhere in the middle. A lot of I think like a lot of these shows are lackluster. They could be better. Yeah. With the exception yeah. of like maybe the Stampede because the Stampede, Stampede was phenomenal. Yeah. There's only like four or five matches, but they were all good. So Yep. Yep. Stampede is, is still probably the best one that we've seen so far this series. The Owen and Owen and Austin were having a lights out match. They were a really good match, and it's it's disappointing that it ended the way it did. I think Brett and Taker had a fantastic match. Uh, there was there was some filler in that match, but uh, the ending of it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Bariquas, I mean, what can we say that hasn't already been said about how great the Bariquas are? Right. Oh man, I think that kind of wraps us up for uh, today's chapter, SummerSlam 1997. Hope you. Hope you enjoyed listening to our takes on this show. It was it was a show. It wasn't the worst. Wasn't the best. <laughs> you know? Isn't that a way to? Hey, uh, it was a show. It sure was. So was Murphy Brown. <laughs>